I think every social network has its own personality. What do you think? Do you think so? What is Facebook? Facebook's the irresponsible one, right? It's the one that's always just sticking their foot in it. And is Instagram the cool one or is Snapchat, I don't know, maybe TikTok is the cool one. But here's one thing I do know. Here is the personality that I absolutely know. And that is LinkedIn is the stodgy, takes itself seriously social network of the social network community. It's the place that older people go to do business or that we look to do business. It's not so much about fun. It's not about entertainment. It's not about social causes or anything along that line. No, no, no. LinkedIn is all about business. And as such, we really need to pay attention to it because it is the social network that we need to participate in from a mature business perspective. We need to have a proper profile. We need to present ourselves in the right light because there is going to come a time in our business life where LinkedIn is going to play a part, be it as we build a customer base, as we build our reputation, if we're looking to transition, if we're migrating from one job to another, taking advantage of the network that we build and the reputation that we build on LinkedIn is going to have an impact on your future. So let us, baby boomers, have a conversation about LinkedIn with the person who I think is probably the greatest authority on LinkedIn. Certainly the one that I know uh, of all of my friends is the greatest authority. That would be Ms. Vivica Von Rosen, who is the co-founder and chief visibility officer of a company called Vin Grasso. But Vivica is primarily known as the LinkedIn expert. She's the author of several best-selling books on LinkedIn, and she understands LinkedIn like nobody's business and has coached me many times on the benefits of LinkedIn and how it fits. So I asked her to help us with LinkedIn. So our chat today is going to be LinkedIn from a baby boomer's perspective. The best tips and techniques that Vivica can teach us and why it's important for us to pay attention to LinkedIn. That's today on Gray Matters. Steve Dotto here. How the heck are you doing this fine day? Welcome to Gray Matters, the podcast for those of us in the gray zone. What is the gray zone? Primarily baby boomers and Gen X, those of us sporting a touch of gray. We're interested in finding our place in the digital age. On this podcast, we will learn about online marketing, community building, social networking, all from our perspective. The world's changing. The job market is not interested in us anymore. We're facing the prospect of a reluctant retirement, and that is not cool. We need a side hustle to take our experience and put it to work for us. We need to develop mad skills, adapt, and evolve in order to remain relevant in the digital age. I can help. This podcast can help. I'm glad you found us. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's interesting because... Um just in the past month, three very, very good friends of mine, all in their 50s, are either being forced to or are choosing to shift um, and, you know, looking for a job. And um, one barely had a profile. I think she put her profile up when she was in college, um, later years college, but still. And then the other two were, were pretty prolific users of LinkedIn, but they were using it for, for marketing and sales, not necessarily as a job seeking tool. So it's been really interesting working with the three of them um, and, and, and how now they're kind of reframing in some ways the way that they're going to use LinkedIn. And the fact that, you know, in Morgan's case, she's actually open to the idea of using LinkedIn. Um, and, and then in, in, in Brian and, uh, Alan's case, the, the, 
the, okay, I'm going to shift now. So how, you know, how am I going to use LinkedIn in a different way? But what's interesting is it's a different, again, with the intent, it's they're using, they have a different intent for LinkedIn, but a lot of the functionality um, and, and activity will remain the same. It's just the focus shifts a little bit differently. You think of yourself as the product rather than, you know, selling a product or service. And, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons that, you know, a lot of people ha- kind of pull back and put up a barrier for LinkedIn is yeah. if, they're, if they're in a position and they sign up for LinkedIn, unless they're in a sales position or in a growth position, but if they're in any sort of a gatekeeper mode, then LinkedIn yeah. is just a funnel that keeps sending crap to them that they have to gatekeep. Well, yes and no. So um, there are a lot of things that they can do in their security settings to keep that from happening. Um, you certainly, th- there, there's some misnomers about LinkedIn that, you know, first of all, you get on it and everyone can see you. You're invisible when you get on LinkedIn until you start building your network because, you know, LinkedIn's not really going to do any favors as far as, as making you visible to who you want to be visible to. So, you know, don't even worry about it at first. The the, the other you know, myth about LinkedIn is that um, once you connect to one person, you're automatically visible to everybody in their network. Again, we wish, <laughs> as marketers, we wish that were true, but but LinkedIn's got um, a lot of protections in place. And you can always make your connections visible to only you, because that's the third concern is, you know, if I connect to someone on LinkedIn, then everyone's going to see I'm connected to them. But you can turn that off, and you can certainly turn off the notifications and the emails. Now, as a job seeker, as someone in career transition, as someone who's actually looking for a new position... I don't think I'd recommend that you turn them all off, but if it's a matter of I'm not going to be on LinkedIn because it's too noisy, I'd rather see you on LinkedIn and turn those notifications off um, than not. And you can be picky about who you connect with too. And yes, you'll get some spam. You just delete it. So for people that are in that transition point or or considering it, if, if their first steps on LinkedIn, even if they're already established yeah. on LinkedIn... Um, do you agree that maybe you you shouldn't be going there looking for contacts, but instead looking for community. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Looking for community and relationships. That would be great if LinkedIn groups worked, um, but they don't. So, you know, that that would be the number one place if LinkedIn groups work that I would say, go find your community in LinkedIn groups. They, they, they useless right now, pretty much. Huh, yeah, hopefully, who knows, one day. Um, so you're still, you're still looking to make a contact with someone who can help you get a job, but it's not necessarily that you're going after recruiters or hiring managers or business owners. You're looking at companies. First of all, you're using it for research. What kind of companies are out there? Do their, you know, how active are their employees? Do their employees look like they're happy? What kind of a company culture is there? And you look at the company page to get that, but you also do some deeper mining of the people within those companies, the employees of those companies. And you can you can really gather some rich information just by kind of scoping out those individuals. Um, so that that's one thing is just using it as a research tool. And then once you've done that, you might find out, oh my gosh, like I had no idea that my neighbor Kate is is works at this company and even is a person of influence in this company and the cool thing is by the time we get to our age we're well connected um, maybe not on LinkedIn maybe not on Twitter and maybe not on Facebook but like in real life where it really matters we're pretty well connected so it makes a lot of sense to kind of land and expand see who we're connected to and utilize LinkedIn to to lubricate the relationships. You know, really, it's just about um, doing what you would normally do, right? Except for now, you've got a tool that 
lets you see a little bit deeper, shows you the, the multi-level of connections that you have, the spider web of connections that you have, and, and gives you the tools to actually use those connections to take you to the next step, which might be the interview, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So you're talking right now about a very, <clears throat> a very still traditional format of, mm -hmm. of, of using LinkedIn uh, for part of the kind of the career management side. What about people who are pivoting? What about people who are saying, you know, in three, four years from now, I can see the writing on the wall. I mm -hmm. want to start preparing. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that you asked that question because I'm there. I sense that there's, there's an opportunity on LinkedIn in the feed. When I look at the LinkedIn yep. feed, I see people out there sharing valuable information, building their bona fides. It's not yep. your resume anymore, but it's, you're creating a social profile on LinkedIn that turns you into authority or turns you into a place that people, uh, you know, you, you change the conversation about your skill set in preparation right. for whatever pivot you happen to have. Is it, do you see people strategically doing that? I don't think people are strategically doing it yet. Um, but it, it's really, it's really interesting. You, you mentioned that because I am also of an age, right? I know I don't look it, but, um, you know, I'm also of an age and I, I know that, you know, we're probably going to sell our company in the next five, six, seven, eight years or sooner, you know? And when we do that, I don't think I'm going to be teaching and training on LinkedIn anymore. I've done it at that. By that point, I'll have done it for almost 20 years and I'll be done with it. And so right now is when I'm thinking about, okay, how do I start bringing in the next thing into my profile? How do I start talking about that next thing, whatever it is? Now, it's good, it's good if you actually know what that next thing is, which I do. But, but how do I start pulling that into, to your point, into the content that I'm sharing? How do I start making relationships that will be able to benefit me in this next thing? How do I start to build my brand around that next thing? While, while still being very set in my existing thing, you start to pull in those tendrils through relationships, through content. So yeah, no, and that, that you absolutely want to do that. And the cool thing is when you're ready to flip that switch, either voluntarily or non-voluntarily, it's not a hard, weird, well, what's she doing now? You know, it's like, oh yeah, I kind of saw that, that one coming. And that's really what you want to do. You want to set expectation for what's happening next. If you didn't know what the next thing was, as many don't, right. can you workshop it in LinkedIn? Can you, in your conversations with the community that you're establishing, like uh, that's how I built my YouTube channel. I didn't know really what I wanted, but it was through the conversations and listening to my community. I, I think LinkedIn should give us those same opportunities. Yes and no. Like again, if LinkedIn if LinkedIn groups worked well, um, that would be a perfect platform for it. Eh, you know, but yes, you can still use your timeline. You can still ask questions through Messenger. You can still post in an update and kind of play with some ideas and get feedback for sure. In that situation, though, I don't think I'd use LinkedIn. I'd use LinkedIn to find my mentors. Um, and to start the conversation, but I'd probably take the conversation somewhere else, whether that be Slack, whether that be a Facebook group, whether that be a forum somewhere, um, only because the LinkedIn groups just, the, the notifications don't work very well. And so you don't even so know. you aren't getting informed. Are, you're Let's, not getting informed. Let me rapid fire go through the digital assets LinkedIn gives us and give you yes. and have you encapsulate each one for me. So your profile, yeah. what should your profile do for you? 
Yeah, your profile is your personal brand. And it, and as someone who is in transition, no matter what that looks like, you need to stand out. So simple things like having a background image that speaks to who you are or who you're going to be. Um, and that might have some kind of personal flair to it. So for instance, you know, my husband, Alan, he's different Alan than I was talking about earlier, but my husband, Alan, you know, he, he, he works for Oracle. He, you know, and he doesn't have a big Oracle sign up there. He's got a hang glider with, with aspirational saying. And so anyone who sees that and thinks it's cool, that gives them a, a, a talking point. So have a background image. You can go to Canva, you can go to Fiverr, you can go to PicMonkey, you can go to any image building software out there. Most of it's free and, and, and create a background image. You can go to vengressobanner.com and get the template if you want. But you want that background image because you really want to stand out from everybody else. And to this day and age, and we work, you know, we work with mainly big sales teams. Um, most sales professionals anyway have not optimized their profile. And I'm like, what? A and, and probably only half the marketers have. I mean, it makes no sense to me. But anyway, that will help you to stand out. And if you don't want it to be aligned with your current job, you don't have to. You just want it to align with what you're looking to build or move into. Your your professional headline, same thing. Most people think it's supposed to be, that's that little section underneath your, your name. Most people think it's supposed to be title at company. That's too limiting, especially if you're not going to have that title at that company for much longer. You want to make it a mini elevator speech. Who do you help? How do you help them? And then if you've got room, you know, who you are and, and who you work for. But but that 120 to 200 characters, depending on if you do it on laptop or mobile, um, is is really your opportunity to grab the attention of your your network, your audience, your prospects, and speak to them. And then your your about section or your summary builds on that. So you now have got 2,000 characters to build on who you help and how you help them. And that that story you can change. That conversation you can change slowly over time. Right now, it might be very corporate, you know, corporate centered. Um, but as you begin to create a new life for yourself, you can start to pull in some stories. And, and when you are ready to make the switch, you can tell people why you're making the switch, how you're making the switch. And the key thing about a profile is it's not a reason, it's not a resume, even though, even for those of you in job, you know, transition, it's not a resume. It's a resource for your reader, whether your reader is a prospect who's buying a product or a service from you. And people visit the profile page. They, that's one thing about they LinkedIn. Do. That's they right. do. That's right. Yep. Uh-huh. You know, people don't necessarily visit your Facebook profile or your Twitter homepage, nope. but they visit your LinkedIn profile page. She's speaking about intent too, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram would die immediately deaths if you pulled away the timeline. LinkedIn would still be a resume, you know, but it it doesn't live and die by its timeline. Now, the, the good thing about that is people understand the power of your profile on LinkedIn and the, and hopefully will start to to spend a little time. And then once it's done, it's done for a month, a year, you know, whatever. Um, but that also means they ignore the timeline. And the timeline is, to your point earlier, where you build your relationships. Okay. Next digital asset is the recommendations and yes. proficiencies. Yes. Skills are key. For those of you who are job searching, 
uh, especially um, skills are key. And I know this because I've been working with a couple job seekers uh, when, when they, especially, and they won't tell you unless you have the premium subscription, but when they are measuring you against other people who are also looking at that job, they look at your skills. And do you have the 10 skills that the recruiter has put into this person must have these skills. And that will actually limit or increase your, your, your visibility to the recruiter and your chances of actually getting the job if you do or don't have those skills. So you definitely want to add those skills to your profile. Um, even though it's kind of annoying, you definitely want to add those skills to the profile and the recommendations are absolutely key as well. And, um, you know, it's, it's a good practice not to ask 50 people at once for a recommendation, but once a week, twice a week, three times a week, ask for a recommendation and kind of spread it out, not just your current job, but a couple past jobs as well, because you want to spread of influencers and executives and clients and colleagues and coworkers in, in your recommendations, right? You don't just want your, your, your son or your mother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. And in the written recommendations, as opposed to those ones, what are those ones where the people say Steve is good at this? Yeah. So that's new. Uh, that's actually a new feature and not everyone gets it. Um, if you're, if your current position or your current job is positioned as a small business, entrepreneur, solopreneur, small business, that's when that will pop up and it allows people to classify you. And it actually helps with LinkedIn's algorithm and getting you found under certain searches. So like my profile, because I'm aligned with a bigger company doesn't allow for that. Like no one can say that about me other than skill. Like you can always, you can always um, endorse a skill that I have up there. That's the content that is about you. Now, LinkedIn for what is it, six, seven years now has been trying to get us to add more value to LinkedIn by yes. user-generated content. So yes. now we step into the user-generated content area, yep. which is doing uh, posts. Uh, they used to have the what what are the articles, articles. Uh, video, and now yep. live streaming. So let's live go through those assets and, and understand what where the value is for a community for 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 my community to be yeah. creating some user generated content into LinkedIn and what it can do for them. Yeah, absolutely. So mainly it gives you the ability to position yourself as a trusted advisor, um, as a thought leader, as an industry leader, and it gives a platform for conversation. And so, um, you know, if you know for a fact you're never going to do a native video or never do a live stream, then don't. Um, if, you, if you're not going write, to write full-length blog posts for articles, then don't. All articles are getting meh visibility and, and engagement for the most part anyway. So, yeah, who cares? But, um, but definitely you do want to use those, the, the, the updates, whether you're sharing a link, a video, uploading a native video, you want to use that update field. And the thing that will differentiate you from everybody else, like a lot of people just share links. They use something like Hootsuite or, or Buffer app or, or Buffer rather, or, or Agora Pulse, and they'll just share a link. But what will differentiate you from everybody else, what will get your post seen, what will boost you up in the algorithm is if you preface your post, your link, your infographic, your document, your PowerPoint, your PDF, if you preface that using the 1,200 characters that you get and tell people basically who the article is for, why they should read it, and some of the points included. 
You want to use hashtags because hashtags are a thing again on LinkedIn. The first three hashtags are the most important. Um, you want to at mention anyone who should see the post or who you're referencing in the post, especially if it's another influencer. Um, and it doesn't even have to be your own article. It doesn't have to be your own blog post. You can be referencing somebody else's and really just p positioning yourself as a curator of quality content. And just taking an extra five minutes to tell people, you know, who the article is for, who should read it, um, what's in it, just doing that, adding the hashtags and the at mentions. And giving perspective of why it's valuable, that curation of content. But it, this isn't like Twitter curation where you might uh -uh. post out 20 or 30 things. This once is a day. once a day. Once a day. Yeah. yeah. Once a day will, I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> We do it. We we do a combination of both, but the the uh, we use a tool called Everyone Social in our company. Um, we'd use Agora Pulse if we could, but there's some other stuff that we need. Um, so w with the company, um, you know, I, I I will share a link. You'll see you'll you'll see me share a link with like just a, a little bit of a preface there. But um, but my my articles that I actually spend the time to expand upon the you know the, basically the curation the reason for the article um, those get. 10x the views 100x the views so in some cases so you will so it's okay to post the by the way i saw this this is interesting this might if you spend a couple of minutes giving context that's yeah. that's cool that's but cool. but creating vertical content for yes. linkedin that's designed yes. just for linkedin Vertical content, I like that. Sorry? <laughs> Vertical content, yeah. I like that. Well, and, and that's like that's like creating yeah. a dedicated video or anything yeah. else, right? So yeah. for the longest time, and it confused the heck out of me, I will be yeah. happy to admit, Facebook <laughs> had these articles that you were, yes. what, what do they call it? Facebook, do they call it Facebook? Oh, no, LinkedIn articles? Notes? Oh, Sorry? LinkedIn articles, Facebook notes, LinkedIn articles, yeah. I don't get how this works. I never invested in it. But did I miss the boat or has that now ship sailed? That ship has sailed. You missed the boat back in 2014, 15, yeah. and 16. But well, I, I, ship, I saw the boat, but I just yeah. didn't, I didn't understand it how to get did on. not jump on. Exactly. And it was really powerful back then. Um, you know, I got business out of it. And what I will say is while I mostly dismiss articles, um, picking on my husband again, he wrote an article, you know, my 10 years at Oracle and the 10 things I, I learned or 10 things I love about Oracle or something like that. So, um, so um, insert Oracle joke here. He, that one article got something like 6,500 views, 55 comments. He's in a different industry than I am. So he, he was getting asked to be on podcasts. Um, he got some job offers, you know, and, and that is through one article that he wrote. Now, ironically, he created a PowerPoint out of that article, uploaded the PowerPoint on the timeline as an update. That got over 100,000 views, but it only got like 23 comments and he didn't get any job offers. So it's kind of interesting that the article, which had significantly less visibility, but still a whole lot of visibility, um, got way more engagement. Um, mm -hmm. So, so don't write it off completely, especially if you're already blogging and creating content. But me personally, I've not experienced that kind of success with my articles and a year or more. Um, and, and my second point was it gives you a place where you can engage. So what's really cool is as you start to post this content, people will engage with the content, you know, maybe just, just like on it, liking it, maybe just putting a small comment on there. But if they are someone that you 
are hoping to develop a relationship, a business relationship with, it gives you an opportunity to say even something as simple as, hey, I noticed you liked my article. I really appreciate that. Do you want to connect? You know, hey, thanks for commenting on my article and responding to that. Do you want to connect? It gives you an opportunity to connect with that person. Not all of them, but the ones that can help you move into your next whatever it is. I want to sidebar just for a second because I do want to get back yes. to the content mix because we haven't, yes. we've only just started on that yes. part. <laughs> uh, but you've, you've talked, you, you brought me back again. When I think of social networks, I think of community building. You yeah. really brought me back here by saying relationship. LinkedIn isn't about building community. LinkedIn is about building relationships. Is that fair? That's fair. Okay. That's so fair. you so for the person that's pivoting, for the person who's trying to create an online brand or trying to create a community, yeah. LinkedIn is farther down the feeding chain. You still have to be yeah. in a bigger network, be it your own blog post on your website, yeah. be it YouTube, have it a podcast, uh, maybe Facebook. That's still going to be a required. LinkedIn cannot replace those, even no. though they have the same media types. Yeah, I don't think so. And and again, I go back to groups. There's nowhere where community can bond. With the exception, we've had a lot of luck, um, you know, on Facebook when you can like group private message some people and it's really annoying because a bunch of people will put you into this group messaging without your permission. You can do the same thing on LinkedIn. So you, so I belong to a couple messaging groups that we've able been able to build a pretty neat community just in those little messaging groups. Now, to be fair, that messaging group on LinkedIn was born from the fact that our G plus G plus LinkedIn expert forum went away. Right. And, G and, and you were dealing with savvy, a savvy group already. And we were dealing with an extremely savvy group already. Mm -hmm. okay. And we've now taken it to Facebook because it's still easier to communicate on Facebook. You know, our, our, our saying is we turn your connections into conversations. Um, but where you take those conversations, that's kind of up to you. That's that's basically the focus of Ingresso. Is it cool to be creating content and posting it to LinkedIn on a regular basis? Like I do it yeah. with my videos. I just I just take my video blog post and I yeah. share it on LinkedIn and then I really kind of just let it go in wild. You know, I don't really yeah, yeah. spend a lot of time supporting it. And I kind of feel like I'm cheating a little bit and just kind of almost spamming by doing it. But it always yeah. gets a little bit of engagement, and I think some people appreciate it because it's typically how-to yeah. type content. Right, exactly. Yeah, I don't think that's spammy at all because you're helping people, um, and that's fine. And you have to understand, it's not like every post you put out there is like an email that people are going to automatic. Everyone in your, your network's going to see a, a tiny, teeny, tiny yeah. – Again, with the algorithm, right? A teeny tiny fraction of your network's gonna gonna see that. Um, now, what I the two things I would recommend to you, if and I know you don't care, but if you wanted to develop your brand on LinkedIn a little bit more, because this is where all you know this this is where the gray lives, right? That it is the oldest social network. So if you wanted to develop your your LinkedIn network and community, we'll use the word community um, a little bit more. I would upload those. I wouldn't share the link to the to the to the YouTube video. I'd actually upload the native video because that's going to get you 10x the views. And then I would just keep an eye on the conversations going on in your timeline. Um, our friend Sue Zimmerman, queen of Instagram and Instagram stories and sharing on Instagram, she posted one little video, one native video 
not a link to her an Instagram story, but uploaded that native video and she got something like 65,000 views, more views than she's ever received on anything that she's ever done on Instagram. And she's the queen of Instagram. So that's just a, and, and, and she got three speaking gigs out of it, um, two new clients and a bunch of podcasts. So picking the right content, she wouldn't, she wouldn't do that with all of her videos, but there was no, video that no. it has to be the right content. It has for to LinkedIn. be the right content. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, it was relevant to both Instagram and, and LinkedIn. So LinkedIn native video is and LinkedIn is all in They're They're, they're pushing mm. like uh, as all in as they, they can be. All I guess. In. <laughs> and there's, they're now adding live streaming, which makes my yes. head spin. Why do we need live streaming in LinkedIn Vivica von Rosen? Because, there are definitely audiences that don't use Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And so how are we going to reach them with that live engaging communication if we don't have live streaming on, on LinkedIn, which by the way, I have not been invited into that little private club yet. Um, but I think it's an interesting choice by LinkedIn as a marketer, as a sales professional, I think it's like the best thing since sliced bread. Um, I've seen very few people do it well, um, but the people who do it well are are really doing an extraordinary job of building up their personal brands within their companies and of of sharing valuable content. You know, Rob and I can never Rob Balabasis is that it from Thinkific is doing a phenomenal job with, with, with his, his LinkedIn live, um, Kathy Hackle, she, they're all doing phenomenal job with their LinkedIn lives, but it's an interesting investment on LinkedIn's behalf because not everyone is getting it yet. And I don't know if they ever will. Um, not everyone who has it is using it well, and it's a very specific, uh, feature that that um, obviously not everyone's going to be able to use. That brings me so that takes us through the main content mix. That brings yep. us to some of Face uh, LinkedIn's acquisitions, and yeah. the, and it's interesting that you mentioned Rob from Thinkific, yeah. because one of the biggest acquisitions that that LinkedIn has made is is the acquisition of Lynda dot com. Yes, uh, is that something that? our community should be interested in. So just yes. as an executive summary, lynda.com is a learning platform which has hosts dozens and thousands of online courses uh, in skills development, yes. uh, skills development content. Um, how does that integrate now with LinkedIn? What's, that, what's the strategy yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting. And I'm a, I'm a lynda.com author um, as well as a LinkedIn learning author now, obviously. Um, so I was super glad when they did that. Um, and ironically enough, the, the editor of my first book um, got hired out of Wiley and into lynda.com. And that's the reason I got my first lynda.com course because they're super strict about it. It's not like, you know, Udemy where you're just like, ah, I'm going to have a course online. Um, that had a lot of us scratching our heads like, why did they invest so much money in in lynda.com and there were a couple things first of all the lynda.com database was exactly the database that LinkedIn wanted access to. Here are professionals who are investing in themselves. That's what LinkedIn wants professionals who are willing to invest in themselves. It also allowed LinkedIn to give value to 
their premium account, which, you know, other than sales navigator and recruiter, which are used for different reasons, the LinkedIn premium account is kind of like, meh, truly the only value I see in the LinkedIn premium account, other than being able to see everyone who's viewed your profile is, is access to, to LinkedIn learning. But here's the thing, like, we all do courses. We've all seen courses. Um, there are a lot of people who create courses. Some of the courses are awesome. Some of the courses suck. The nice thing about lynda.com slash LinkedIn learning is the curation and the creation is such high quality. And I think that is such a useful platform for people who are are looking to expand their own existing career or move into a whole new career because you can get extremely high quality training that's always being updated um, for what is it 24 25 bucks a month or it's included in your in your premium account so that's one of the reasons and it was interesting because Microsoft tried to buy lynda.com too um, link, uh, LinkedIn outbid them and won and bought bought you know, lynda.com and then Microsoft's like, well, then we'll just buy you. So <laughs> it's ironically enough. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's a really interesting acquisition. I don't think LinkedIn does nearly enough promotion of it. Like, you know, that, yeah, the courses will show up on your timeline, um, but it is of such immense value. And I, I don't think LinkedIn does enough promotion of their own phenomenal tool. And, and is the business robust for the link for the lynda.com authors is this i mean as people do look to transition if they are looking at developing online course content or or sharing their skills do you think that that is that that's worth them spending a fair bit of time researching and it sounds like there's a high barrier for entry but trying to meet that meet those requirements yeah i probably wouldn't go with that goal in mind. It's a super high barrier for entry. I think the only reason I'm in it is because of, of Willem. So, <laughs> and because I was grandfathered in through lynda.com. Um, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's harder to get on, on LinkedIn learning or lynda.com than it is to, to, to publish a book with a quote, real, you know, real publishing house, quite frankly. And there are, you know, such phenomenal tools out there like Thinkific that you can develop really good and powerful tools. And then you can take that, of course, you can showcase that, yes, I have this ability and utilize that in, in, in maybe getting on, on, uh, LinkedIn learning, you know, but yeah, there's creative live, there's Udemy, there's, there's, there's other opportunities out there that are going to be easier to access. And quite frankly, many people will do a course on Thinkific and make, you know, a whole lot more money than they would on LinkedIn learning. It's been, it's been nice. It's a, it's certainly more than I ever made off my books, but, <laughs> but it's, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't quite pay the mortgage either. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's, I think we've gone through all of the media types now yeah. as well. So let's go back to, so let's go kind of do a quick review of LinkedIn culture just uh, to kind of wrap things up because that's that seems to be a moving target. I, I I'm amazed with the number of. Uh, I always thought back in the day that I would that that LinkedIn would be almost spam free, but it doesn't seem to be no. anymore. No. And it's so what? Better. It's better than all the other ones. Uh, maybe it is better <laughs> than the others. Nevertheless, I think people understanding the ethos and the culture, yeah. uh, especially yeah. when they're starting out. So first first of all. 
the same rules apply as, as have always replied to LinkedIn. When you're reaching out to a connection, you don't just send the automatic LinkedIn thing. You send context, right? Yes, exactly. Always, always, always customize your invitation to connect on LinkedIn. And when you're using mobile, and I don't know why LinkedIn hasn't fixed this, but when you're using mobile, when you find a contact that you want to connect with, um, don't hit the connect button because it'll send the, the default message. Click the three dots to the right. That will allow you to personalize the invitation to connect. So there is a way to do it on mobile. It's just not at all obvious. Three dots. There's so much hidden in the mobile app. Um, but but we're talking to gray matters, so don't worry, you're not using your phone. Okay. Um, now, if you're in sales, the, 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 I still get a lot of people prospecting with me on sure. on, on sure, let. Is there is 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 have have are our barriers down? Is it just kind of cool to do that, or is it still not cool? No, it's still not cool because um, it doesn't work, right? But. I don't know who keeps teaching this crap. Um, the, the, the key to successful creating successful conversations on LinkedIn is to have the right mindset, have a really kick-ass profile, start engaging with your prospects on their content or through an introduction first, and then invite them to connect. And once you connect, provide value, ask questions, but don't just put them on your newsletter without their permission and don't have your first message to a new contact be buy my stuff. I mean, that just drives me insane. And that's what's given LinkedIn its bad reputation. Yes. And, and so as far as protocol for accepting invitations, et cetera, I'm pretty much yeah. just a easy, if somebody sends me an invitation, I accept it because I, I don't engage in LinkedIn as much as I should. So I just yeah. look at it as another person who might see one of my posts. Am I, am I doing it wrong? <laughs> no, I mean, it, it really depends. Just just know your, um, with LinkedIn's, and this is maybe getting a little bit deep, but with LinkedIn's algorithm, what you share um, will get promoted according to the activity on it. And it's kind of a percentage rise. So if three people out of 300 people, or if, if 15 people out of 3,000 people engage with your post. That is much better than having 50 people out of 30,000 people engage with your, co your, your post. Um, and LinkedIn will go, oh, okay, so 10% or 15% or 20% of Steve's network engaged in some way with his latest link, you know, liked it, commented on it, shared it. Let's amplify it and expand it out a little bit more in his network and a little bit so more the, in his network, a little bit more. They're very much so, following YouTube's, uh, yes, YouTube yeah. does. YouTube will share it to your subscribers first. If yep. there's engagement from your subscribers, high engagement, they share it with more of your subscribers. If there's right. still more engagement, then they start sharing it publicly. Uh, exactly. and, and the reverse is also true. Yes. So you don't want to have too big of a network. Um, so so what I say is like if if I can do business with you or if you can do business with like I truly want to do business with you or if I truly believe I can be of service to you or you can be of service to me, then I'll connect. Um, if you custom, well, even customizing invitations won't necessarily, um, especially if it's a sales pitch and I see it coming. Um, so I would only connect with people that I think I can help or they can help me. And that's not, you know, that's not everybody for sure. Let's wrap things up with one thing. You've just had three friends that have talked to you obviously about pivoting and yeah. you probably hear more than anybody else, the resistance people have yeah. to engaging in LinkedIn. Of yeah. the reasons that you hear people resisting, 
which are the ones that drive you crazy that people you, that you're saying you just don't get it you have to get past this issue and give linkedin a chance yeah yeah um there's too much spam there is, don't get me wrong, there is a lot of spam, but just know how to control your own conversations, you know, and and, and ignore and delete and block. Um, the other one that LinkedIn's dead, no, LinkedIn's only growing. It's not growing as fast as Facebook, maybe, or Instagram, maybe, but people are spending a concerted amount of time there. Um, and, you know, the other one is that, that you can't actually build real relationships on LinkedIn. Well, we, we have, you know, we, we, we have a million dollar year that proves otherwise. So <laughs> you can absolutely create real relationships on LinkedIn. I, at my wedding, you know, more than half the people at my wedding were actually people that I met in some way, shape or form through LinkedIn. So, um, you know, it, it, you really absolutely can build real relationships on LinkedIn. And um, I, I, I just, people throw the baby out with the bathwater by dismissing it. Don't let the, the spammers and the losers keep you from having a phenomenal success in your business or in your career or in your career change don't let you know don't let don't let those spammers keep you down as i wrap things up and edited the main interview of this podcast a couple of things popped into mind one of them is gosh vivica really knows linkedin she was a great guest to have and i will include links in the show notes to vivica's profile and to van gresso so you can follow up i'll also include a link to her book uh, so that you can follow up if you choose to but overarching thinking about linkedin and my own kind of personal reluctance linkedin has never been the network that i've engaged in wholeheartedly but I recognize that for so many of us, LinkedIn can be the most valuable social network. It is the place that our network lives. And even if you aren't in a position where you're looking to grow your business or grow your profile, if you're not yet at that stage in your career, uh, I still think engaging in LinkedIn is a worthwhile process. It's an insurance policy against the future because if you need to reach out and find community in order to reinvent yourself and repurpose your career, starting from scratch on LinkedIn would be, it, it would just be, because if you ever do need or desire to pivot, to make a change, LinkedIn is going to be your best vehicle for building your community, for finding the contacts that you need to move ahead. And if you're just starting from scratch with LinkedIn, just beginning, it's going to take you a long time to establish the network, to make the connections and to understand the lay of the land. You will find value in the posts that are in LinkedIn. I'm finding increasingly the content being shared in LinkedIn is more valuable as time goes by. People are sharing valuable content. So hat in hand with that comes additional kind of spammy outreach. But the value of the content far outweighs the spamminess of the few that are trying to take advantage. So don't worry about that as you move into LinkedIn. You don't have to go whole hog. You can be a voyeur, just kind of looking at the lay of the land, making a few connections, reading the posts, starting to understand it until you're ready to engage more fully. But for most baby boomers, I would say the first business network and the only business network for a lot of us that you need to engage in, that you should should engage in is LinkedIn. So hopefully this podcast this week helps you in that direction. I am also going to encourage you now would be a good time to wrap things up. If you've not yet subscribed to this podcast, please, whichever podcast platform you are a part of, 
subscribe. Hit that subscribe button so that you uh, automatically get each new episode each week here on Gray Matters. And if you have a baby boomer or a Gen X friend who is looking at reinventing themselves, who is facing a lot of the challenges that we in the gray zone face, I encourage you to share this podcast with them. Bring them into the community and help us grow. Till next time, I'm Steve Dotto. Have fun storming a castle. 